<laughs> there we are. Good evening and welcome to another preseason edition of the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. What's up, Rob? Oh, not much. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing pretty good. Only take two. That's pretty good for us. I know. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. 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 We're, we're in. Um, welcome, everybody. Another big preseason edition. In fact, this week it's not going to be big. It's going to be, um, we're going to be uh, sort of lean and mean this week. We're going to do our two previews. We don't have a whole lot else, but. Noticing the numbers ticking up as people get a little more excited about football, just like we are. And Rob, I know the, uh, not that we care anymore, but the NFL preseason starts this weekend. So there are no more weekends between now and the Super Bowl without football of some kind. Some, of some kind. Yeah. Some, of some big, kind, Big right? caveat with the mm-hmm. uh, preseason yeah. games. But. Yes, but I did notice, and I'm, it's only, it's not far at all. Uh, my, I'm going to be previewing Villanova tonight, and they kick off on August the 24th. Uh, a week before most of the season. So they already started fall camp this past Friday. So why are they in an early game? I don't know. And it's at Colgate. So it's a FC, true FCS game on huh. CBS sports network. So I don't know. And then they don't, they don't play on Labor Day weekend. So I don't, I really have no idea. So kind of interesting, but welcome everybody. Um, we are really getting excited, Rob. I think, what is it now? 35, not even. It's, I mean, I think, I know, it's like 33. Yeah, it's 33 days, something yeah. like that. And we're seeing all the players tweeting out and equipment and all the stuff. It's getting exciting. So getting, getting excited. And rate and view us wherever you get your podcast. You all know the drill. Uh, thanks, as always, to Mossy Creek Fly Fishing in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, they've had some really good weeks of weather down there. I know. Um, seen a lot of good photos from them. Everybody go by the fly fishing shop there in Harrisonburg. If you mention the podcast, you get a free Mossy Creek sticker. Uh, make your reservations for when you're back this fall. Uh, we'll be having some more coming out about that soon. But big thanks to Brian and Colby and everybody at Mossy Creek uh, for their support. And the same thing at Pale Fire, our original sponsor. Go by the tap room, mention the podcast, and get a free pint glass anytime. We are looking forward to seeing every, all of our friends uh, back in the Berg soon. So it's going to be a good, a great fall, we hope. So, Rob, I don't have much else this week. I don't, I mean, there's a lot of exciting stuff. As a Redskins fan, I've seen a lot of Moreland. I, I have to admit, I forgot. And then I've seen a lot of Anchor as well, which is pretty exciting. Uh, I did see that awesome Raven Green riding the bicycle to practice up at Packers camp, which is like the coolest thing That's ever. That's such a cool tradition that the Packers it's do. So it's just, cool. it's such a neat thing to do with the kids and the girl with like, the Raven Green sign and everything. That yeah. was cool. I got a kick out of that. Mm-hmm. And I was really excited about the Raven Green. Um, you know, he's definitely having one of those, um, like, you know, when the guy shows back up and it's like best shape of my life moments. Yeah. Like, he just looks like a monster right now. He I does. Was like, I, I, was, I saw a picture the other day. I was like, man, I didn't realize he was that big. I know. I was like, wow. <laughs> and um, Earl Wofford going to, what, Tampa? I, I believe see. so. Yeah. yeah so... A lot of good um, opportunities for JMU guys around the league. So definitely see Ish Hyman tweeting a lot of Cleveland Brown stuff. So I don't know if he's just, you know, enjoying his time or, or hopefully maybe we're going to really get a shot. Um, he, he's another guy with anchor that came out of the AAF and, you know, has really gotten a real shot. So kind of exciting to see all of those guys. Well, I, I will tell you as a guy who's followed Beckham quite closely, you can count on him not playing 16 games. Yeah, that's true. I that's mean, the guy's true. an amazing talent, um, fun to watch, yeah. but he gets hurt a lot. He, yeah. Uh, so there's always the opportunity to hang on a practice squad. Um, mm-hmm. Could could be a, 
a way to get on the game day roster just due to injuries and things like that later on down the season. So for sure. And uh, yeah, Rob, I know, I know it's bittersweet for you, but uh, Jimmy has seemingly through the first week of camp, you know, lived up to the kind of at least maintained the momentum he started in the summer camps this year. So it's, you know, you see the roster projections and he's definitely a name. I mean, he's not, off the radar by any means. You know? No, I mean, it's, it's a, he's a guy like I've brought him up a couple of times to skin signs. You know, people talk to me about the Redskins and, he, yeah. and I got nothing to say. But I'm like, right. oh, I'll tell you what, they got a guy there, Jimmy Moreland. And they're like, oh, yeah, the corner from JMU. Yeah, that guy's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, he's something that the diehards, he's, he's one that people are paying attention to. It's not yeah. just us. No, that's awesome. And, uh, and it's, it's got to be cool. I mean, we've talked about this, Rob, but for a guy like Rashad Robinson or John Daka, you know, um, Liam Fernando. I mean, some of the guys who on JMU's current roster who definitely have pro aspirations. It's got to be awesome and, and motivating to see their friends and classmates actually making it happen right now, you know, in, in bunches, like not just kind of a one-off lineman here and there, you know, Josh Wells or Earl Watford or something like that. But it's got to be cool for them to see these kind of impact guys having a chance. Yeah, it's interesting so. with Rashad particularly because he was, you know, the more heralded prospect going yeah. into last year. Mm-hmm. And he was the preseason All-American and so on and so forth. And then he got hurt. So um, he's got to feel like the sky's the limit. Mm-hmm. And you know, I'm sure they're keeping in touch. I'm sure. I know they were working out this summer, mm-hmm. working out together. So, yeah, it's, it's tremendous motivation. Yep. And, um, yeah, we're under a month now till women's soccer kicks off the season and, and just over a month for football. So looking forward to what we have ahead. Tonight we are going to do Stony Brook and Maine. These are games five, what are we at? Five and six, four and five, five and six, five Five and six six for the Dukes uh, this week. So Rob, you want to get us started with Stony Brook? Well, Stony Brook, as you know, is Mm -hmm. is relatively new to this year. I still think of them as very new, but but they're not. They've been around for a while. Made the playoffs, what, the past two years or or two of the past three? Mm -hmm. I Mm -hmm. can't remember. Um, They're coming off a year where they were just a little bit over, I think they've they were what I, I wrote it down. Um, seven and five, five and three overall. Lost to Southeast Missouri, 28-14 in the playoffs. Um, I, I would say a good team, kind of under PR. They've they've been a good or a solid to good team. You know, a couple yes. of years ago they challenged for the CAA title. They're losing a lot offensively. Uh, they're losing eight starters on the mm-hmm. offensive side of the ball, including their starting QB. Joe Carbone, mm-hmm. who started, I think, for three years, yeah. was very kind of consistent, just a guy that they could go into every season knowing he was going to be the dude behind center. Mm-hmm. He wasn't spectacular. Nope. I, I, I thought he was actually rather, pedest- rather pedestrian. Like, yeah. Yeah. Not, not a bad guy, but like a, a decent football player, but not somebody who's going to beat you with his arm. Mm-hmm. Um, they, lose him, they lose their top two running backs. And they had, I think, the best – they did have the top rushing attack in the CAA last they year. They did. Mm-hmm. So that's a big deal. They're losing the top four wide receivers. So it's basically the entire side of the ball, with the exception of three returning offensive linemen. Okay. For a team like Stony Brook that was just built to run the ball, mm-hmm. not really pass much, I've got to think that's relatively encouraging. You'd like to get yeah. more, but three-fifths of your starting offensive line, including one guy um, who I think was preseason all CAA. Okay. Yep. Um, Kyle Nunez. Mm-hmm. So you're bringing him back. You've got two other guys around him, a lot of experience. You've got a guy, Isaiah White, mm-hmm. who's a preseason like special teamer. He was a specialist last year. He's, I think, a rising junior. He's competing for the running back position. He's a guy who, you know, he's, he's had the ball mm-hmm. in his hands returning. Mm-hmm. Um, him, and then I think there's another redshirt freshman. Mm-hmm. 
you got two guys, Tyquel Fields and Jack Cassidy, mm-hmm. who are vying for the, the starting QB position. Okay. Prior wouldn't say anything. Everybody's kind of assuming it was going to be this guy Fields. He saw action eight games last year. Um, you know, through like 35 passes. It okay. wasn't one of these things where he was coming really – but he was the, the number two guy clearly off the bench. But they set us to meet open competition in the spring game. Mm-hmm. Fields had a very carbone-like performance. And he was like eight, <laughs> eight for 20, 79 yards, you know, rushed for 16 yards and threw two picks. Mm-hmm. So that's <laughs> – Yes, that is. That, yep. I mean, that's pretty much what you get with carbone, you know. Yep. But carbone would also make those plays when you needed them to. I mean, uh-huh. the, guy, the guy was not uh, – he wasn't a waste. He just he wasn't on the level of a Flacco or somebody else. Not that no. quarterback. And we saw him struggle with like JMU in the playoffs a couple of years ago, but not necessarily. You know, I mean, regular competition, regular defenses. We didn't see that. We know? didn't see it. No, no. You know, he was okay. He could and get them through. Yeah, you get him through. He can mm-hmm. get him through. And just you play your strengths. I mean, this is mm-hmm. a team that's going to be built around trying to win in the trenches, just trying to pound the ball. Um, defensively, they're very good against the run. The defense last year was was pretty good overall. I think they were mm-hmm. second to CA in the CA to JMU in terms of scoring. Scoring mm-hmm. defense again, like 20 points a game. They were okay against the pass, mm-hmm. somewhat vulnerable, but that can be skewed by a couple of the, you know, you have a couple of those CA games, you, you lose a Towson or something, they can really mess with your statistics. Yeah. If you remember, they played JMU very tough last really year. Well. Really, really well. Really tough. Mm-hmm. Um, JMU won 13-10. Mm-hmm. He was down, shut him out in the second half, but they got outgained, yep. which is one of these kind of, Bend but don't break, and a couple big, big picks. I think mm-hmm. in the end, mm-hmm. um, I believe Jamie did. Jamie fumble going to the half there, or they were yeah, there was something I, weird. Yeah, she like coughed it up, and mm-hmm. then Stony Brook kicked the field goal. It felt very similar to the Elon game. Just Stony Brook didn't have quite the weapons in Summers and Cheek that Elon did to sort of Correct. put them over the top, right? Correct. And you Jamie know. made a couple big plays late. Right. Um, forcing them back for a long field goal attempt mm-hmm. that that they didn't make at the buzzer, but it was a, it was a tight game, you know. Thirteen ten. I would like to think that JMU will be a bit more prepared for these mm-hmm. types of games under Signetti. Mm-hmm. It seems like those, like you said, the Elon game. It's the type of thing that you think really will be strength against strength this mm-hmm. year. But I don't know. It just you know, with losing that much, I think they were rightly picked as a middle of the pack team. Mm-hmm. They could surprise folks, maybe finish you know on that cusp of maybe one of the last playoff bids coming out of the CA. Yep. But I mm-hmm. think this is going to be a little bit of a step back for them this year. And they're probably going to be, you know, plus or minus a game from 500, if I had to guess. So I'm expecting Jamie to win. It is on the road. Yeah. It is an, it's an October. It's yeah, a late October. game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, I just like October 5th. So it's not, it's like, being oh, yeah, yeah, no, you're right, you're but right. six o'clock game. So mm-hmm. um, I don't know. Like it, it will be a good game. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a good test. Stony Brook doesn't really play anybody of note before this. I mean, they play Utah State, but then it's Bryant, Wagner, oh, yeah. Fordham, we'll a little bit that and slide. Rhode yeah. Island. You know, yes. It's like, this is going to be cream buffs. They're going to have this one circle. This will be like their first big test, but they could realistically come into this game four and one. Yeah, I think so. And, and then mm-hmm. you don't know. So they could have a lot of momentum. I still think they'll struggle when they get to the heart of the CA play. I mm-hmm. think this will be, you know, probably their first CA loss of quite a few, but you never know. It'll be a competitive game, but. I'm, I'm thinking that the game before the Elon game for Jamie will be a much bigger test. And Jamie comes out, comes out of there. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not particularly worried. I expect them to, Good. you know, it, it's very tough right now to like pull mm-hmm. scores, but I don't think it's gonna be as close as was last year. Yeah. It's, I, I'm always interested. I mean, Stony Brook, it's weird. I mean, I do feel like they, this year, I mean, it seems pretty clear at media day and just talking to people 
that the top three, JMU, Towson, and Maine, was pretty clear until further notice, like, uh, in the conference. And then after that, there's this big batch of teams. I don't know. I listened to that Greg Medea podcast last week post-CA uh, Media Day. And he was talking about that, you know, where is, like, Stony Brook, New Hampshire, there's a whole bunch of teams in that mix. And I'm going to talk about it, too, because Villanova's kind of at the bottom of that mix before the kind of clear-cut bottom three. Yeah, I think it's like you've got, you've got that yeah. the middle. It's kind of like with basketball. You yeah, have the middle. no idea and where like they're going to go. And, you know, we know this. Before five years ago, that was where JMU was for quite a few years yeah. in the CAA, right? And, you know, now it's that middle, and they're all going to be vying for that fourth or fifth CAA bid. I, I think you made a point last week, Rob. Stony Brook is one of those teams that's kind of earned, I think, with Priori, who we – you know, we, we, I don't know. I don't know how we feel about Priori, right? He said some goofy things in the past. I don't, I don't think he gets enough grief from JMU fans. In no, terms I don't of being think like so a lovable rival. Like the guy you'd love to hate. Like he's, well, not, and he, he's not a terrible person, but the whole, I yes. don't know if you recall the exact quote, but a couple yeah. of years ago when JMU went undefeated mm-hmm. and they came to play us and they had one loss, we had right. he's like, well, this is pretty much a championship game. You're just deciding that we really feel like we got robbed. It's like, there's ridiculous things like the man yeah. just didn't understand how standings work or something. <laughs> it wasn't like the teams had the same record and they'd flip the coin or mm-hmm. point differential. It was literally like JMU was a game up in the yeah. standings. And he's like, well, this is our championship. You know, we, we earned it. And I just think you do what you got to do to motivate your team. But I thought that was a particularly stupid way of, of approaching the game. Yeah. I think Stony Brook in general is kind of, they've, they're kind of flown under the radar in terms of just being a CAA villain. Yeah. Or at least a JMU villain, you know, mm-hmm. and, we, and we need to step that up a little bit. So, yeah. One thing about Stony Brook is always interesting. They don't – I think Priori – I mean, he's really committed to red shirt everybody philosophy. So, you know, they don't play a bunch of freshmen. I mean, their players, their teams tend to be a little older, a little stronger. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what – I mean, I could see them bouncing back from the kind of turnover they've had, like you were saying, on offense, um, a little quicker than some teams, especially because they're not out there trying to – sling the ball around no it's not the most yeah. dynamic offense no, like it's no. very, and and then i don't mean that as a knock i mean that like, no it's no. very just fundamentally sound like i think that's a really good point if you're waiting on, if you're registering on the team you know what you're going to do it's not really mm-hmm. complex it's not like a timing type thing you need to get down no it's you know if you're line up. back line up follow your blockers and go yep. Yep. Um, and they're going to try to grind it out last year running back by committee they well, well actually not even going it was like two guys they split it they both averaged like 90 yards a game Mm-hmm. very consistent you know they're just going to pound it and pound it and pound it and it wasn't a particularly flashy attack it was mm-hmm. just, let's line up put our hands in the dirt and we're just going to beat you on the line so mm-hmm. yeah i think that's a good point and that's what i'm saying like carbone is it's big shoes to fill because of the experience and kind of leadership he brought mm-hmm. but this isn't a guy that was putting up 300 yard passing games you know yeah. he he's like give you a, a good game for him would be you know two touchdowns and 190 yards type thing. right that's right. all you needed from him and in that's fact right. that was probably more than you needed mm-hmm. it was just don't turn the ball over and mm-hmm. kind of win that time of possession battle and the rest will kind of take care of itself but yeah I, I think under signetti jamie is probably better equipped for these sorts of games I, yeah than they were under houston it's just a different attack like it, you know yeah. it's houston if the offense wasn't clicking we said last year you're going to give the other team a lot of possessions Correct. that's dangerous against yeah. an Elon or a Stony Brook or a team right. that's content just to take those and try to play mistake free and mm-hmm. hang around the end until they can beat you. We saw Elon could do it last year. Mm-hmm. Stony Brook came up just short. Just short. So, yep. Well, no, we'll that's see. a good point. And it's kind of funny because my team tonight is Villanova. 
<coughs> and I, I think they're in a lot of the same, you know, a lot of the same things we just said about Stony Brook apply to Villanova. Um, unfortunately, I think they are a little more, the cupboard is a little bare than usual for Villanova uh, mm-hmm. this year. And they're, they're still kind of in, I don't know, still trying to find their feet under the, you know. This is kind of like a post-tally hangover. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Coach Ferrante, you know, they, they just haven't quite figured it out. Um, like I said, they do open on the 24th of August at Colgate on CBS Sports Network as the Patriot League has that. Um, just pointing out the Patriot League has a really good CBS Sports Network deal. Um, <laughs> the games on television uh, at noon. So we'll be able to watch them in advance against the Colgate team that unfortunately we all know a little too well uh, early in the season. They have an early bye after that. They play two other Patriot League teams. They play Lehigh and Bucknell to start the season. Then they play, Rob, then they go, they go to Towson to open CAA play. Then they host Maine. And then they go at William & Mary at JMU. We, that, we, that's a potentially demoralizing It schedule. is. I was like, we're going to know a lot about Villanova by the time they get to JMU in yeah. mid-October. Um, they will, you know, I was saying Colgate, Lehigh, Bucknell, Towson, Maine, they could go anything in there from 0-5 to 4-1 and 1 in my, right? I mean, 5-0 yeah. and 0 would really surprise me, but any other record against that schedule would not really surprise me. I guess I'd give, probably give them the Bucknell game until I see more out of them. But, I mean, yeah, that's a, it's a weird schedule um, to start, and we'll know a lot before, before they come to JMU. One note I should correct, they do have – yeah, and they have a pretty tough little middle of the schedule. They go at JMU, they play Stony Brook at home, and then they go up to New Hampshire. So that'll be tough in October, beginning of November. I expect them to be – really probably knocking themselves out of the playoff race by then. Uh, they finish ease, fairly easy. They're home three games at the end of the year, Richmond, Delaware. And the one game I messed up, Rob, last week, a little correction on my part, I said they play a D2 team. They do not. Um, the Long Island University Dolphins are They're transitioning. They are transitioning to yeah. FCS. So I was a little confused because the little picture on the website still said LIU post Pioneers. But my understanding is the two LIU schools. Have, is this a combination? Yeah, it's of a like com- CW Post and LIU Brooklyn. Yeah, it's a combination, and now they are the LIU Dolphins. So um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, th- that is who Villanova plays down the stretch. So they do not play. They're they're kind of they have their rivalry game with Delaware at the end, but they don't have any of their like Penn or Temple or kind of Philly teams at the beginning um, that they traditionally play. You know, so their schedule's not impossible, but it's also very tricky. And I, I don't know. I put them at the very bottom, Rob. I was thinking, I think the clear-cut top three are Towson, JMU, and Maine. The clear-cut bottom three are Richmond, William & Mary, and Albany. And everyone else in the middle, um, Elon, Delaware, Stony Brook, New Hampshire, Rhode Island, Villanova, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, somebody's going to be next last year's Maine out of that group. Uh, you know, somebody's probably going to get to nine wins, nine, ten wins out of that group and be really good. Um, and again, it doesn't mean one of the teams at the bottom, Richmond, or one of the teams at the top, JMU, Towson, Maine, couldn't, you know, find their way into that Run group. the table. Right. Yeah. Or go the other way. But it just, yeah. you know, to me, I still put Villanova. I mean, they were picked ninth. And I think that's probably about right on paper. They don't have much. They had nobody on the preseason first team. Uh, they had a couple guys mentioned. Uh, they have a linebacker, Drew Wiley, coming back. They have a tight end um, coming back that got honorable mention, but he's not good. <laughs> he had like 15, <laughs> he had like 15 catches last year. I was like, it must just, they didn't have any stats in the CAA at tight end coming back this year, apparently. 
Um, they do have a good good corner, Shaquan Amos, um, and you know, and some guys. It, but and then the <laughs> Rob, I love this quote about Villanova. Uh, this is EJ Smith uh, article about Villanova, Villanova's preseason in the Philadelphia Inquirer. Begins with. Since spring practice, the Wildcats competition at the quarterback position has expanded from a three-player race to a seven-player race. <laughs> oh, jeez. That's not a good sign. <laughs> that's really – so I know we've been joking. And that's not because they brought in four transfers. No, no, no. So they lost Zach Benarchik to graduation, who very similarly to Joe Carbone, who you just talked about at Stony Brook, was – I, I, I think I he think could have been better – had, yeah, had he not been rushed into a starting role, I, in my opinion, before he might have been ready. Yeah, I think he was a better athlete overall, right? And, yeah. you know, could have done some things. But the same kind of thing. He wasn't, you know, Joe, Tom Flacco, Vad Lee type quarterback, right? No. This wasn't a CAA player of the year, most likely. So, you know, and they're losing him. They have a couple guys we've heard. I think, JMU played both – Jake Shedlick and Kadir Ishmael both played in the game against JMU last year. Um, there's another guy, JJ Scarpello. There's two, weirdly, they have two graduate transfers, one from Campbell and one from Howard, who played quarterback, who both came in. So that's at least five guys that seem to have been Be told, in the mix. Yeah, have yeah. been told that they would get a chance. And then they have two freshmen. But that's an odd situation. I mean, Campbell and Howard are two other lower level, but FCS teams, like, I, yeah, I don't know. That's a weird situation. Um, yeah, that's unusual. They do have a running back who played a lot last year, Rob, uh, Justin Covington, number three, who was a good – I remember being a very good player last year. He was kind of behind two other guys, but I think he's in a per se – in kind of the situation that Percy's in, mm-hmm. where it sounds like people around the Villanova program are really high on this guy, even though the rest of us haven't seen him very much. Um, you know, like the rumor was he might've been the best player last year kind of thing. Um, you know, so, you know, there's not nothing, um, but it's weird. And Villanova will be on flow sports nine times this season. So everybody get ready for lots of wildcat football. Um, I will say the last thing I'll say, Rob, the thing I feel so bad for Villanova about, you know, Tally really had them going and they had a great run there for a while, but, this last couple of years and with the basketball teams, you know, insane success, right? The last few years. I mean, there was only three articles on the Villanova athletics website about football this summer, like the entire summer. Yeah. Like, it's, since it's really... like, like, and one of those was like CAA media day from the CAA website. It's nothing. I mean, Oh, it well, it's, it's an unusual situation because mm-hmm. it was a very competitive program for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things turn out or turn around the right way. They, they could be competitive again, but it always was an afterthought. Like even when they won the national title, right. it was kind of people joking. Like I, I know people that Gasper's old roommate went there and lost oh, yeah. and he didn't care. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, football. I don't know. I don't, we got a basketball team. Mm-hmm. You know, like They just, everybody jokes like, oh yeah, worst fan support time. It's really sadly true. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a team worth watching. It was a great team for a number of years. Mm-hmm. And it just was second fiddles. Like, people watched until, you know, around Thanksgiving when basketball started. Right, right. And then nobody paid attention. The playoffs like, no way, man. We got, you know, preseason basketball tournaments or, you know, some coaches versus cancer or something like that. Right. Where it just absolutely trumps the, the rest of the athletic program. It does, yeah. And, of course, with them playing, opening with Colgate, Lehigh, and Bucknell, you, you know – 
conspiracy Todd does think a little bit like us, the way we talk about William Mary. Electric League, yeah. Right, like, does Villanova really want to be here anymore in football? Yeah. It's a little different with them because they are in the Big East and everything else, which is pretty great, you know, and I think they're really happy with that. I mean, and I have to think that's more sustainable in terms of like the football program unusually. Yeah. Or like in most FCS, football program is kind of the big 10,000 pound gorilla and right. probably providing your revenue and a lot of your, you know, even yeah. your cost. But that can't be the case of Villanova. No, I and mean, they don't really care. going to have a surplus. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, mean, I think football is a, you know, it's a fun little thing for them to have on the side. But yeah, they, they are, they're doing just fine on the athletics revenues you know, because they're truly in the, you know, in a conference like the Big East and everything else. Yeah. They're, yeah. So that's all. I mean, I, I'd be really surprised. Rob, I think Stony Brook finishes well ahead of Villanova. It would surprise me. You know, they play that game is, um, it's at Villanova the end of October. You know, I, to me, I, I don't know what Elon will be losing Signetti and some of the guys they lost, but I expect them to be pretty good with their recruiting. I think Stony Brook and then New Hampshire, just listening to Medea, I think those three are, are going to be right there in that mid-pack. You know, I mean, Delaware and Rhode Island are going to have to sort of show us something. Same with Villanova, if they want to, if they want to be in the mix for playoffs at the end of the year. Yeah. You know, because I think Stony Brook, you know, not obviously not to the extent of New Hampshire, but I think Stony Brook and Elon have started to earn their stripes a little bit in terms of us giving them the benefit of the doubt until they show otherwise. And that seems, I don't know, that's the way I was. Well, you, you get to a point, uh, kind of how JMU was under Mickey, where, mm-hmm. like I was saying, Stony Brook could come into this game with three or four wins under their belt. Yep. Um, so you kind of, you got the schedule, and it's just like Mickey, where you're kind of almost guaranteed five or six wins. That's right. But that doesn't necessarily mean you had a good year. I mean, there are years under Mickey where yeah. know, JMU <laughs> was six and five, where, Losing record in the CIA, but overall you're a game over 500. Right. 500. You, know, you, you can do it just by beating the teams you should beat mm-hmm. and losing a real. I think that's kind of where Stony Brook is. Like the, they, they should be expected going into every season. Mm-hmm. They're a good enough program where it's expected that they should be 500 or better. Yes. They catch some breaks. They're on that seven, eight win cost. You know, you catch some bad breaks and maybe you've got an off year where you're, you're mm-hmm. fine and something. But um, I think that's where they are this year. But that defense will keep you in games. You bring back eight starters from that defense, you're going to be hanging around most CIA teams. Yeah. And that's a good way of looking at it, actually, Rob, the winning the games you're supposed to win. Because I think Villanova's a little bit on the – they fall to the bottom of that. Yeah. You know, a little bit. They, I think they're capable of beating anybody in the league. But they're, I don't think they're going to win every game they're supposed to win either. And I think that's, yeah. how, that's how you end up at four or five wins. You know? Correct. But, like, yeah. if you go in and you're like, you take care of business against the Rhode Islands, right. you know, the William and Marys, the Albanese of the world, you'll be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're not going to be out of contention. For Rhode Island. I'm looking forward to us doing Are we doing a Rhode Island? Does James, yeah. Does James yeah. plays that Rhode yeah. Island? Yeah. So we'll probably uh, do that in, in November. Yeah, yeah, or the next couple of weeks. I'm looking forward to that preview because I have no idea what to expect of that team. You know, they no, finally finally broke through a little bit last year into – some level of respectability, and, but I have no idea what's you know whether to expect anything else from them. Ever. Well, they lose their quarterbacks. So. Yeah, I know, and he was good. He was so. he was talented. Yeah, so, but that'll be a, certainly what I'm interested in. So yeah. that that New Hampshire both, I think I'm, I, you know, New Hampshire's the other one who they were way better than the injuries and the situation made it seem they were last year. Uh, yeah, you know, so. But, Rob, that's really all I got tonight. We'll see. Those are a couple of middle-of-the-road, middle-of-the-pack 
CAA teams and JMU, you know, we'll be doing a couple more games next week. We may be talking about a few other things, having fun. Guys, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Facebook. Um, and Rob, I got a new laptop. I'm going to be writing again on the blog soon. <laughs> oh, nice. I, I've got to go to the Apple store. I've got some serious battery issues in my laptop. My yeah. laptop just shuts down. Mm-hmm. It's driving me bonkers. I've been kind of in between and new job and figuring things out. So I haven't been focused on that, but I'm going to try to uh, get back on that next week. So cool. It'll be good. But Rob, welcome back to all the Abbots and uh, be looking forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, no doubt. Hope everybody has a good week. Yep. Go Dukes.